Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have... Blingerbson! I think I made that joke at the beginning, too, so it's not as fun. Um, <laughs> but it's still a good joke. I, uh, Yeah, it's a great episode. Uh, Paige is finishing her series on deprogramming and black lightning. Yes, indeed. It was such a great episode. I had such a fun time. Uh, we are joined by Blaine Gibson from Rooster Teeth, uh, which go check out all of his stuff that he's working on. Super, super talented, super funny guy. Um, but before we get started, uh, we have some news and reviews. Bow, bow, bow. Uh, the first piece of news is that we are releasing content on our Patreon. Woohoo! Yeah, you can go to patreon.com slash cult podcast for just $5 a month. You get access to our bonus content. And there are also a bunch of other really cool tiers as well. Yeah, it's a fun place to be. It sure is. Uh, we also, if you're looking for a place to listen to cult podcast, might we suggest Rooster Teeth? Go, 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 go! cock a doo all of the bird noises. Uh, Rooster Teeth is a fantastic place uh, to listen to podcasts and also to watch a bunch of really fun content. They've got shit like Ruby. They've got shit like Red versus Blue. Um, uh, Blaine's own show, Good Morning from Hell, and a bunch of others as well. Uh, and you can go to roosterteeth.com or you can download the app on your phone, your Amazon Fire Stick, your Roku television. You can even get that shit on your Xbox um so yeah go check out rooster teeth super super fun uh and before we get started we have another uh five star review yay uh this one comes to us from foster three two one and they say excellent i was introduced to this podcast when when red web and y'all did y'all collaboration i haven't missed an episode yet this podcast is one of the greatest Aw, thank you. I'm assuming yeah. they mean RTX's panel from last year. Yeah, which was so fun. We probably are going to be doing another uh, RTX panel this year, so stay tuned for that. And also, fucking Red Web, putting your ass on notice, dog. All right, what's up? We're coming for you. We're going to be the be We're one of the greatest. We're going to be the greatest. But also, we think you guys are cool and nice, and we like hanging out with you. Thank yeah, you, yeah, you're cool. you're cool and nice or whatever. Yeah, sure, whatever, but I'm fucking coming for you. Okay, that's a lot of intensity for the intro. <laughs> uh, and I think without any further ado, let's get into the show. Hello. 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 Red web's going down. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> no, I love them. Don't drink the for the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm. Organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits, and as always... These are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Blurn Gerbson. And I'm Armando Torres. Hey, that's not what you sound like at all. <laughs> that was like a Kermit the Frog. I don't know what that was. Do you do your best Armando Torres? Here, I'll give you a clean one. And I'm Armando Torres.
And I'm Armando Torres. It's got to be like lower. I don't know. I'm not hitting it. I'm Blaine Gibson. And hey, I'm guys. I'm Armando Torres. Yeah, I can't do it. Thanks for having me back, guys. What <laughs> oh, is this? Of course. Part three? Anytime. How many episodes have I done with you guys? How many episodes is this? Total? Total? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think this is eight. No. No, nine. No. No, it's only eight because you couldn't be here for the fifth one of Satanic Panic. That's right. No, but oh, it was. It, but he was here for the uh, frontline doctors. Frontline front doctors. doctors. Plus four Satanic Panic. There was another one that I was in before Frontline, right? Gotta have been. Maybe not. I'm thinking a good morning from hell so. at this point. We were going to get you on for something that had happened near uh, the Tao. Uh, uh, Shen, no, not Shen Tao. Is it Shen Tao? Yeah, that's ringing a bell. Yeah. I was on the episode where we talked about Terminator. Oh, wait, no, that's Page. That's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Mikey. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for, and thank you, Paige, for bringing us this excellent, excellent series on Black Lightning and deprogramming. Yay. Uh, Today is the fall of Black Lightning. I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is the part in American Gangster or Scarface where I kind of get bummed and it's not as fun to watch, you know, because it's the downfall, right? Yeah. 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 So yep. we, we saw we saw elements of it. There was some foreshadowing that he was uh, kind of a piece of shit. And now we get yep. to see, oh, he's really a piece of shit. <laughs> I'm just yeah. going through the movie Scarface in my head. And I was like, when was he not a piece of shit? <laughs> I mean, he was a piece of shit the whole time, but he was fun. And then he started doing his own cocaine, like hardcore yeah, yeah, yeah. and just like right, abusing right, right. his wife. And then you're like, fuck this guy. Then he turned into digits. Yeah. Like he watched his homie get pushed out of a helicopter. And he was like, it's okay. <laughs> I'm Al Pacino. Yeah. Oh, God, that is Al Pacino. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's fucking crazy. Dude, he's on every, like, he's, like, on every shitty airbrushed movie poster that has all the different gangsters, but he's on it twice because he's yeah. Michael Corleone oh, yeah. and he's uh, Scarface, Tony Montana. Anyways, what were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about Black Lightning. Oh, that's right. Ka-chow. Ka-chow. <laughs> Oh, my God. All right. So let's go through our sources, uh, and then we're going to get into the downfall, the the dark side of deprogramming. Uh, and I say that because it's dark and sad, not because he's Black Lightning. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> Just type ka-chow in the chat. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, so our sources, uh, one of the ones we've been using this whole time is Deprogrammed, the documentary by Mia Donovan, and the Refinery29 article uh, about her making of the documentary by Alina Nicolau. Then we've got Ted Patrick, Breaking the Spell That Binds by the Washington Post. We have Let Our Children Go, which is Ted's book. And then we have Devotion, Damages, and Deprogrammers, Strategies, and Counter-Strategies in the Cult Wars by Barry A. Fisher. We have the Catholic Register from Toronto in March 22, 1977. And then we have Associated Press News, uh, an article on a case from 1980. Um, That's going to be pretty important later on. So, as I mentioned last week... Ted had started to take some legal heat when deprogramming went wrong. And it went wrong more than people like to admit. And there'd been cases here and there, but in the 1980s, bolstered by Ted's newfound Playboy fame, a lot of those cases started to take center stage. It's almost like getting more and more famous 
boosted his profile and his business, but also totally blew up his spot and people were questioning his methods right and left. And it was hard to avoid these questions when stories from the time before his fame started to come out of the woodwork. And part of the reason for this was court cases take a long time. And so in some of these cases, these were cases that had started in the mid-70s that are only just now wrapping up in like 1980. And so they all kind of start to come out at once. Mm. So one of those cases was a man named Dan Aink. And I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's Aink? Yeah, E-Y-I-N-K. Aink? Aink. He's these, he's the, uh, his name is the equivalent of when you get the wrong answer on a game show. Possibly. <laughs> I apologize, Dan. You've suffered enough. Uh, we tried. Um, so Dan went to a commune for a weekend of transcendental meditation. And it was just a small retreat in a small house. But by the end of the weekend, he was the cook in the restaurant attached to the house. And he was having a lot of fun. He had made friends there. And he decided that he was not going to go home pretty much ever okay i mean i understand once you earn your fucking food handler's license you gotta use that shit baby <laughs> yeah 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 serve safe yeah the only thing he didn't know is that he was in the danger zone <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke for my food handlers out there that is that is way over my head didn't even understand it yeah clearly blaine's never had to work in a kitchen oh soft-handed bitch <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I used to have to microwave cake and fucking boil chicken, you bitch. I did my time at fucking toy stores taking shit from little kids and cleaning up their piss and shit from the KB Toys ground, so. Anyway, uh, he liked cooking in the restaurant, didn't want to go home, decided he was going to drop out of college, and his parents got worried because obviously they're like, so are you just going to cook in this one restaurant forever? Is that your plan? And also, how much are they paying you? How are you living on this? And he revealed that they weren't paying him at all and that he was living for free on the compound and eating whatever they were making at the restaurant. So they would basically make food together. But he was working 18 to 20 hours a day. This sounds just like when I used to work for Jimmy John's. I cannot. (laughs) I used to live in that restroom. (laughs) Um, But in interviews... Dan basically says that he really liked his life at the time and liked what he was doing. And in all likelihood, it was probably just him figuring out who he was. Um, But his parents kidnapped him uh, along with Ted's help. And he thinks that part of the reason it happened is because his dad was a bad communicator and their family had not had a great family dynamic as far as communication in general. And so they didn't really understand when he said that he was, you know, exploring different avenues for his life at the time. And also their parents, they want the best for you. They're worried. I get it. Um, but they took it too far. Yeah. I oh, lo- just a little bit. Just a little. Yeah. I love the, the thought of blaming this on being a bad communicator. Like, when else yeah. is this happening? I was like, it's, I mean, a lot of people communicate badly and also don't shove people into cars. Yeah. God, I remember when I missed uh, uh, an easy out in Little League and my dad stabbed me in the chest. And I was just like, <laughs> Dad. He's just a little bit. He's just not a great communicator, that dad. He is not good. He communicates best through knives. Um, <laughs> how, how old was Ank at this point? 
uh, Dan was about 19. I and mean, this is all kind of tracking for that kid's, you know, age group behavior, you know? Like, I was yeah, doing yeah. stupid shit, working too many hours at that age, and it was just like, whatever, I'm living my life. Yeah, I, I don't have to sleep until I'm 40. Don't worry about it. It's going to be great. Um, there is a recorded portion of this deprogramming. It is in the documentary, so you can see it. And he's basically trying to convince them. He's like, it's a commune, not a cult, which like tomato, tomato, but whatever. No, I've um, lived in a commune. No, there's a difference. <laughs> there there can be. It's The difference is when somebody takes charge of the commune and mobilizes it into their own authoritarian regime. Are you are you for real? Okay, I don't know if it's a commune per se. You lived se. in like a co-op, I lived right? in a co-op in college. That's different. Okay, that's that, yeah, that is different. But I mean, we did labor. We ate together. We were family together. We had orgies together. It was, you know, whatever. <laughs> Sounds like you were in just a frat under a different name. No, because we had ladies there, and it was very multicultural and diverse as opposed to a frat where you take the same chat and clone them 20, 40 times. <laughs> We don't like frats. Weren't yeah, no. <laughs> you sound like you were in a cult then. I get frustrated because I look like I could have easily have been in the frat, and then everyone's like, "Oh, this guy's like that was like part of my elusive mystery." You know, like, "Oh, he's a co-op guy." It's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I own flip flops. What about it? Yeah, yeah. Hey, you may have maybe back in the day you look like you could be in a frat, but right now you're a dead ringer for lives on a co-op. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, it's the hair. Yeah, you just need the glasses, and it's like, I mean, what is it? The seventies? How many child brides do you have? Like it's, <laughs> five. <yeah. laughs> so they flew Dan to New York to try and get him as far away from the commune as possible, and he asked for a cigarette one day walked outside to smoke and just ran off into the city and thankfully had friends in New York, New York that he basically just like pounded on their door. They let him in and helped him get back to the commune. So his family didn't like that. A, because uh, deprogramming is pretty expensive. I've mm. got some figures later. Mm. But also because he went right back to what they were trying to get him out of. So they kidnapped him a second time oh God. by running up on him and tying a noose around his neck oh God. and using that to drag him back to the car. Guys, Paige, his dad's just a bad communicator, all right? <laughs> this happens. He communicates best through rope and knots. So is this is this commune, are they a self-proclaimed cult well i guess i don't know does any cult a self-proclaimed cult oh yeah buddy yeah one singular one i mean there's a couple yeah there's a couple we just covered the day life army and that is exactly what they do they're a bunch of fucking that's idiots. true Got but it. also uh weird hollywood youth yeah. also is super proud of their cult status um no but this is a case where he's working crazy hours for no pay uh, he doesn't have any contact with anyone outside at all, completely insular, mm -hmm. and they're not making it easy for him to come and go. Yeah. So, oh, like, so there's a, a level of them keeping him there against his will? Yeah, and, and it's okay. not... I mean, here's the thing. As far as the groups we've covered go, this one's probably pretty tame. I mean, because he easily was able to go see his family and just had chosen not to a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Um. And eventually he does leave, but it is much later. Uh, I would say there's some pretty culty vibes going on, um, mm. but they are overreacting is what I would say. After um, you get kidnapped the second time, 
how yeah, yeah, yeah. how long until you try the cigarette thing again <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll get into it uh so they kept him captive for 55 days mother oh my dude he tried to escape three different times he does eventually successfully escape uh but they kept moving him around the country so he didn't know where he was wow yeah i wonder what Um, ted's day rate is and how much that fucking bill was i don't know how much that one cost i know how much some of the other ones cost later but this one i'm sure was expensive we're about to get into some maths because i'm really curious to see how long what they charged these poor saps i would say at minimum this cost and this is in like 1977 ish maybe even a little bit before and this was probably easily 10 grand yeah if not more they probably did like a flat rate plus expenses so like if they had to keep moving around and shit i mean it's like pi rules you know that's yeah well and it's twice because they definitely charged them for the first one oh yeah and the second one. So likely his... Well, and I'll get into it. So it Better have given him a discount because he, he got away because it's their <laughs> yeah. fault. Because of the yeah. cigarette thing. Which also like, at a certain point... Because I want to know... I want to know how long it took them to realize that he was gone. Like, and, and they just... That he was no longer smoking. Like, they were like, yeah. hey, he's been out there for a long time. And he was like, no, no, no. It was an American spirit. They burned for a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke for my food handlers out there. Yeah. Get a longer break. Smoke American spirit. I don't smoke cigarettes. I don't, I don't get this joke at all. They know. last forever. Uh, so he does eventually escape. Uh, and his connection to his parents is permanently damaged because hmm. how friendly are you going to be to people who literally kidnapped you with a noose? Yeah. Uh, and so he does end up going to court and Ted and his parents willingly show up to court thinking that they've got a case. Oh, bold. And, yeah, very bold. Uh, and in court, he's like, this is what happened They've kidnapped me twice. Uh, I escaped once. I just want to go back to this place where I am happy and living. And it's not costing them anything. It's not a big deal. I just, I'm 19. I'm an adult. You kind of got to let me do what I want. And the court was like, uh, yeah, rebuttal? What do you guys have Your to say Honor, about this? Your Honor, here's the thing. It wasn't a noose. His sister's wedding's coming up, and we were trying on a new tie that we bought him at the store, okay? <laughs> it was not a noose. He's, 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 he's no. Over, no, uh, they doubled down, and they were like, absolutely, we kidnapped him. Did he tell you about where he's living? And they were like, yeah, you were here. <laughs> like, he, <laughs> yes. And uh, they were like, but we're his parents. Don't we have a a say in what he does? And they're like, not at 19, you don't. That's when you claim the bad at communication defense. Right. Uh, So the court grants him uh, the he wins the case uh, and they give him a marshal to take him back to the ashram for protection so like they give him an escort um because they were just like so help me god if you try to kidnap him a third time Um, (laughs) he was big shit at that commune i bet after that he showed up with his personal guard he's like what's up what's up who wants Uh, burgers i'm ready to cook (laughs) that's a Uh, joke for our food handlers stop it's not (laughs) i made the joke i don't even (laughs) also i know this is too late to make this joke but i can't stop laughing at it in my head 
if you plead uh, uh, innocent by bad at communication, they send you to a maximum security speech class. <laughs> you can only get out if you have the password. <laughs> anyway, so he gets back to the commune and his family starts picketing the restaurant until the business closes. But here's the problem. His family all had to take off work and school and everything and pay to be there because they didn't live there in order to picket the restaurant. So they end up bankrupting the cult and themselves to get him back. Uh. And essentially, they're so mad about him quitting school, but it ends up like they don't have money for him to go back and his brother ends up leaving school because they used that money to try and picket the cult. They used their brother's oh. tuition money? Oh, fuck. Well, this is a real scorched was there earth with thing. Them. Yeah, it, it literally scorches their family. It's cool. nuts. And so at this point, like, this is a court case that's now kind of resolving itself near 1980. So this is one that's like out there floating in the ether. Not everyone knows about it, but some people are hearing about it. And... In the interview in the documentary, Dan, the guy who was kidnapped, says, like, yeah, I get that the group that I was in was exploitative, Mm -hmm. sure, but I kept going back because you kept kidnapping me. Like, like, at a certain point, you're making me want to spend more time there than with you because with you, I've got a noose around my neck. Like, what do you expect me to do? And so he does end up kind of leaving and figuring his own stuff out after the cult literally goes bankrupt but essentially it torches their family it's really sad god i thought i had it bad when my parents found out i smoked pot and they didn't call me for a couple of weeks and i was like this is the worst it's gonna get i oh, i'm a family oh. shattered my this guy they they fucking ruined a lot of stuff when did they <laughs> yeah. find out how old were you uh early 20s no mid 20s i went i went to seattle i i I work at rooster teeth so i was on the rt podcast and i talked about like my 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 first time smoking weed story you know whatever and uh they were not happy about it (laughs) my mom caught me smoking weed when i was 15 out of an out of an apple in my in my room uh, and she was so mad and my dad got so she called my dad and they never fucking talk and she told my dad and they agreed on how like how terrible it was and I got sent out to go live with my dad for like a few months and uh, I remember him like to, just like like if you smoke weed you're like the most fucking stupid piece of shit like it's not it's the worst thing you could do for your body and then he fucking cracked open his third <laughs> Bud Light in an hour just, <laughs> just like, go fuck yourself Wait, so you're smoking out of an apple yeah you you know you make an apple into a that's pipe that's for our food service workers <laughs> And then I never, you know what though? I will say about my dad is that it worked. Never smoked weed again. Uh, yeah, yeah? Sure. Hey, good for you. Hey, what's the thing in your what's the thing you're putting in your mouth right now? <laughs> I think he meant never smoked weed singular again. It was always weeds plural. Oh, okay, got it. Got <laughs> no, it. Never, yeah, yeah, yeah. Never never touched the stuff. Oh man. Now that one went pretty bad. Uh but admittedly, the group that they were trying to get him out of 
was not great. Um, But the bigger problem was that Ted had gotten to a point where he was deciding what was a cult and what wasn't. And because court cases take time, a lot of people didn't know that this was happening. So in 1977, uh, he kidnaps a woman named Debbie Dudgeon and he kidnaps her because she had converted to... Catholicism. Oh, the worst cult of them all. Ah. (laughs) Which, here's the thing. Catholic church is not great. Every every church got their problems. But also, she was a fully grown adult woman who just decided to attend a different church. She wasn't living with them. She wasn't working with them. She just picked a different place to go on Sunday. (sighs) And her family had her kidnapped from Canada in Ontario to San Diego, where Patrick, Patrick, Ted Patrick, held her in his basement. Oh, my God. And she had to escape with the help of a local priest in San Diego, who basically was informed of her disappearance and then intervened to help her escape. Wow. And, yeah. Wait, so what, was her uh, family religious, but they just practiced another religion? I think they were just non-Catholic Christians from what I was able to find out. No, they were staunch atheists and they were like, I'll be damned if my daughter believes in a God. (laughs) From all all the atheists I know, I feel like none of them would muster the, like, I feel like they couldn't even muster the vitriol to hire a kidnapper. They'd just be like, ah, fuck it. Uh, We're all dying on this rock anyway. Right. We like one of my cousins, it kind of came out that she was like low key in a very extreme religion slash possible cult. And Mm. I think the general vibe in the family is like, "Eh, that's fucking weird. I guess we'll like (laughs) see her when she's in her like denim dress at Christmas this, you know, winter or something. Did she go quiverful? I don't know what she did. I haven't actually uh, seen her in forever because there's this uh, small thing called the pandemic going on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, no, she's just like, I don't know. She's Her Instagram is just a bunch of fucking Bible verses. Who cares, you know? So she does that <laughs> and everything's fine, but Blaine even touches a marijuana and it is game over. <laughs> game over. When you said that she had an Instagram of just Bible verses, I was like, oh, so she joined the cult of turning 80? How nice. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... There's a lot of problems with this one. Uh, number one, they've literally kidnapped and transported an adult across international borders. Yeah. And that is a huge legal issue. But also, she's a full-blown adult. And they kidnapped her from her own house oh, that God. was not part of a commune or anything. Oh, my God. And the only person keeping her anywhere against her will was Ted in his basement after abducting her. And so even though Canada at this time, if you'll remember from Satanic Panic, is in full-blown Michelle Remembers mode, they even looked at this and they were like, no, that's fucked up. That's not okay. And so they ban him from Canada. They make Ted a persona non grata. And they basically tell him that if you come across the border... That he will be, hold on, they have an actual word for it, guilty of an indictable offense under the Criminal Code of Canada. Damn. Criminal Code of Canada. It's got alliteration. Yeah. That's how you know it's serious. Hell yeah. Do you think Danny hopped out of the trunk and fucking karate chopped her mailbox? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but then afterward was just like, sorry, because it's Canada. <laughs> I you just gotta, gotta apologize every time. I just gotta earn my keep, you know. 
<laughs> We're just trying to rescue these poutines. No. <laughs> Thank <Fuck>. you. <laughs> You're welcome. It's for my Canadian food handlers. No. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> so um, he still continues to deprogram people in Canada after this, by the way. Where, what? Yes, he just hires he other just people to go. Got but it, he's like still agents. setting up missions and stuff like this. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately, Debbie's story isn't the only one like this. Um, in 1977, that same year, in Houston, uh, Ted attempted to deprogram a man named Peter Willis, who was 23, because his mother had asked him to. And... Peter was just a member of the charismatic Episcopal Church of the Redeemer, which is just a regular Episcopal Church. In fact, the local diocese was like, yeah, they're in good standing. They're just a normal Episcopal Church. So it was, mm. again, just a case of somebody choosing to do something different on Sunday. There's no commune. He wasn't being kept. He was way older than a teenager. He's 23. He hadn't given up his possessions or free will. He just chose a different church than his mom. And he got away <laughs> and ends up suing Ted because he's 23 and he's just like, I'm not a kid. I will fuck you up in court. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. He's 20 in his 20s. So, okay. So Ted's not in jail from the last thing. We'll get to it. Did, okay. He does end up in jail, but not for this. And he ends up in jail on a technicality. He keeps getting probation and like his probation is predicated on him not deprogramming people and he gets out of it a lot of times by being like I wasn't even there I didn't deprogram people and he's taking payments from people for deprogramming under a different name and so Ned Patrick <laughs> whenever <laughs> blue lightning yeah so he's still coordinating and trying to get people snatched and stuff but he's not directly doing it so that when the courts come a call in he's like what are you talking about I was here the whole time and he has like an alibi. Blows. Yeah. Yeah, it's not as cool as Canada's legal system. They're fucking alliteration <laughs> and, and banning people from the country. And their gravy and cheese curds. Man. Oh, fuck. Going some yeah. poutine. Sounds yeah, so good. Yeah, me too. America just bans people from the country for racism. <laughs> yeah. Now, at the time, even though he was occasionally getting probation, America is still kind of on Ted's side. And Ted keeps arguing, like, these are their parents, so they should have some say in what happens in their lives. And everyone else is like, at what point do your parents no longer have a say? Like, if yeah. you're 23 and living in your own house, no, your parents should have no say. You're, you're done. Like, that's they don't have control anymore. And so it's this constant argument. And in 1980, in response to a proliferation of the Moonies, the New York State Assembly proposes a law that would allow family members to get a conservatorship over relatives who, quote, have become closely and regularly associated with groups that practice the use of deception in the recruitment of members and that engage in systemic food or sleep deprivation or isolation from family or unusually long work schedules or have undergone a sudden and radical change in behavior, lifestyle, habits, and attitudes. Hell yeah, dude. I'll go through a radical change every day. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> she kick-flipped on her way to church, and I don't know what to do. <laughs> I fucking light up that bowl, and I get real radical, dude. <laughs> oh, wait. No, I mean, I never smoke marijuana, Mom. Please. No, never. I'm sorry. 
Uh, Wait, put that pin. Put that pin down. What are you doing with all these apples? Um, (laughs) So I'm keeping the doctors away, (laughs) (laughs) except for Dre. Except for Doctor Dre. (laughs) It really does work if you fucking throw it at their face. They do not like that. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if you don't know what a conservatorship is, uh, that's what Britney Spears has right now, and it's kind of shitty. And don't get me wrong, there are time and places where conservatorships are helpful and they can be a great tool to advocate for the interests of somebody who can't advocate for themselves. But in this case, much like Britney Spears's case, they were going to be used to control adults and rob them of their civil liberties. It's basically the court saying, you can no longer make your own decisions. We're appointing this person to make decisions for you. And so it's often used in cases of potentially mental illness or like an accident where let's say you know you have a lot of money and uh you have alzheimer's they might appoint a conservator to help manage your day-to-day expenses and also Mm -hmm. make sure that you're taken care of but also make sure that you're not being like scammed by a salesperson over the phone and things like that so they can be good but this is not a good application of that as an option for cult deprogramming but got it the good news is a lot of other people in new york felt the same and they were just like um what the fuck no uh so the new york catholic conference and the new york civil liberties union teamed up for like the first time ever (laughs) where they were like (laughs) I know that we normally disagree on the abortion thing pretty fucking hard, but this needs to stop. And they partnered with the State Bar Association, and they actually win, and they end up vetoing the bill as unworkable and unconstitutional, saying that its standards were so vague that they could apply to literally the New York Assembly itself that had tried to make the law. So, like, they presented it as, like, this could have been you, idiots. Um, So the law does not pass. good argument. Yeah. Yeah. They would have been able to pass it through sooner if they would have been able to agree on when a bill actually starts its life cycle. But they were like, does it start when you think of it? Does it start when you first write it down? You know. What if it's just sitting on the stairs at Capitol Hill? Yeah, exactly. They were like, we want, no, no, we all want to kill this bill. But like, when does a bill become a bill? <laughs> so, uh, abortion jokes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a very long way to go. And I'm- <laughs> it took you no idea. There's a lot of track delay, but I got there and I'm very happy about it. It's very good. I almost wanted to abort the joke halfway through. And so I was looking at your faces like, oh, fuck, was this a bad idea? <laughs> but Armando, if you don't know, is pro-joke life. Uh, so <laughs> they, they end up ruling against the law because it's too vague. But the vague nature of that law and the precedent for veto meant that Ted could kind of continue a lot of what he was doing into the 90s because people would argue that even his methods couldn't be deemed as that bad by the same metric. So he does eventually finally get convicted, but it's not for deprogramming. In 1980, he gets convicted of conspiracy, kidnapping, and false imprisonment on a technicality. And they were related to the abduction and attempted deprogramming of a woman named Roberta McElfish, who, by the way, was 26 26. Yeah. 
and he was sentenced to one year in prison and fined $5,000. Now, the original sentence was seven years. He ends up only serving one uh, and then was placed on five years probation. And that one year served was credited toward the term. But the condition of his probation was that he didn't deprogram anybody. However, another woman told San Diego authorities that she had paid him to remove her daughter from a religious organization, but that her daughter had returned home on her own. So he didn't deprogram her. Her daughter just kind of came out because she was ready to come out. But Ted only returned part of the money that she had paid him. And so because Mm. she went to the court, the court was like, he's not supposed to be deprogramming anybody. So they execute a search on his home and they find a bunch of videotapes that are literally just taped deprogramming from the time that he was in probation. Oh, my God. This fucking idiot. Yeah. Now that's what I call Ted Patrick. (laughs) Deprogramming (laughs) hits volume 28. Yeah. Ironically, these are the fucking blooper reels. Like, this is how bad he is. Well, and it's around this same time that we have the next two cases we're going to cover. But his lawyer for this specific case, by the way, if you look into his cases, he's got like three or four different lawyers. Because I think after each case, the lawyer's just like, I'm out, dude. Like, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. I can't anymore. Too much. Uh, But his lawyer at this case said, we shouldn't let one small blemish or several small blemishes deprive us of the service of this man. That's kind of like saying, like, we shouldn't let one crime or many crimes put somebody in prison. Jesus. Yeah. <sighs> Strong argument, lawyer guy. Yeah. Yep. Was that Rudy Giuliani? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so only two years later, he ends up back in court again on trial for the kidnapping of a teenager. Um, and it was ordered by her parents who thought that she had been, quote, led to into lesbianism through mind control oh my god yeah ted teddy teddy yep stop i can't tell what's creepier or weirder when he's when he's getting older people or when he's getting teens like teens it's in that vague area where yeah they're still under the control of their parents because they're lower less than 18 i guess depending on the state yeah but it's just it's it's, it's awful all around well and remember he's i mean our final case that we're going to cover is truly a teenager. Everyone else we've covered up to this point is over 18 because that's why parents call him because the police won't help because Got they're it. over 18. And so lion's share, they're of age. But to me, that makes it worse a little bit because it's like yeah. they have their own rights. So this 19-year-old girl, her name is Stephanie Wright Miller, was seized from in front of her apartment and taken to Alabama, where she was held for a week before she was released to the police. And then she immediately filed a police report. Good for her. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Ted gets charged with kidnapping, abductions, assault, and sexual battery for this case, even though he was not present. The people present were a woman named Naomi Faye kelly goss now it had this article covering it listed four names i think it's naomi Fay and kelly goss uh i think it's two people yeah um because they yeah, list they list them a little bit separately later but they were both 25 and a man named james rowe who was also 25 uh from san diego and essentially ted's attorney is like he wasn't involved he wasn't there but 
the mother of Stephanie, uh, let me get her last name right. So Stephanie Rife Miller's mother, though, gets on the stand and testifies that she called Ted in San Diego and he said he couldn't help because he was on bail appealing his conviction from another case, the one we just covered. But her mom said that Ted told her he had found another group in San Diego and she agreed to pay them $8,000 to help with her daughter. So he like refers another group instead of him. And her husband sends that $8,000 check to quote Jane Smith is the name that they send it to. But that's real. Yeah, not really. Um, a bank in San Diego <laughs> actually testifies that Ted Patrick is the one who cashed that check. Mm. Oh, wow. See, look how stupid fucking Blaine is. He thought that was a real Guys, person's I name. I got egg all over my face. This is embarrassing. That's a joke for our food, <laughs> food for service people. Um, so... Her mother actually accompanied the team that abducted her daughter. Now, to be clear, Ted does not go on the trip. Ted cashes the check. That's the only evidence we have about Ted being involved at all. And according to Stephanie's mom, she said that Stephanie seemed to respond to the deprogramming. But unfortunately, according to Stephanie and the prosecution, one of the deprogrammers essentially rapes Stephanie to try and turn her straight. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's oh. why. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Valid argument. I was waiting to find out what that sexual battery charge is about. Yeah. And that is disappointing. Yes. Uh, and it's listed as had sexual intercourse to attract her to heterosexual activity. And I'm like, nope, that's that's rape. You raped her. That's not great. Um, and oh, that's so upsetting. In her testimony, she says that her mother knew it was happening oh. and potentially knew that it could happen and knew that it happened at the time. Her mother testified that she was unaware that there was any sexual activity, but she was there for the trip. And so one of them's lying. I think it's the mom, considering that she hired people to kidnap her and stuff. Um, yeah. But because Ted's not directly involved, the only evidence they had was that check. He wasn't present for the deprogramming himself. He doesn't get fully charged in this case. The other deprogrammers do. But then, in 1990, he's back at it. He attempted to deprogram a woman named Elma Miller, who is an Amish woman, and she was abducted for, quote, her leftist views. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, okay. Which I have to imagine is just like skirts below the knee. Um, who knows? <laughs> she churned butter with a, a, like a hand mixer or something. I don't know what constitutes leftist views when our starting point is Amish, but. Every time we want to build a barn, she starts on the left side. <laughs> and that's not <laughs> how you do it. How dare she? Everyone knows. Leftist views. You start on the right like God intended. <laughs> she wore pink once. Yeah, you, <laughs> Blaine, you can relate to, uh, 
to being persecuted for your leftist uh, views. I was going to say, like, no jokes. I'm trying to put myself into the shoes of these people that are getting kidnapped by their parents. And I'm imagining like Mm -hmm. a SWAT team of dudes coming into my my house, 30 year old Blaine, and just being like, your parents are like they're smoking pot. You're coming with us. (laughs) And it's horrifying. It's the God. They must feel so much betrayal. And it's no fucking wonder they go back to the cults that they're a part of or whatever their lifestyle was before. Yeah, and it's, I mean, frustrating to, like, I feel like I'd be annoyed, like, angry and annoyed, where I'm just like, God, really? I'm a fucking adult. Come on. It's like being pranked. It's like, I know I'm going to be fine at the end of this thing because my parents are involved, but what the fuck? Like, ah. Are you? I mean, people are getting raped and having to go through exorcisms and stuff. Valid so point, Paige. Maybe totally you're not going to be one. okay at the end of it. Yeah, your parents are willing to hire a man to kidnap you and another man to pop out of a trunk and do fucking karate. Yes. Right. Yeah. Forgot about him. I want to be clear here because it took a much darker turn than I thought it would. When I when I was making fun of your leftist views, I meant literally because you tried to write with your left hand. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> hey, this is a callback. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Oh, boy. That one's for our left-handed people there out there. There you go. Or mixed-handed, like me. That's your one joke. Now go back to your fucking cave, you <laughs> monster. You fucking lefty monster. Gross piece of shit. They say most creative people are left-handed, so... Fuck! Damn it! <laughs> there you go. Stupid right hand. That's why everything you make sucks. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> no It doesn't. That would include things that I'm part of. <laughs> so um the courts end up filing criminal charges against her actual husband and brother who tried to help kidnap and different people right yes different people okay they're amish not hillbillies yeah (laughs) they they raise separate barns that like it's there's no yeah anyway so her husband and her brother, and then two others who helped with the deprogramming, but she ends up asking them to drop the charges, and she decides not to charge Ted. So she, I think, out of, I guess, forgiveness, drops the charges. It frustrates me, but I'm sure she has her own reasons, and it's her choice, but, like, that's why he's free, (laughs) essentially. Um, Yeah. But this brings me back to the documentary that we've been listing as one of our main sources this whole time. Mia Donovan, the woman who made the documentary, made it because her brother was deprogrammed in the 80s by Ted at the age of 14 at the request of her stepfather. And you might be wondering, what cult does a 14-year-old join? And the answer is just rock music and Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, shit. His deprogramming lasted five whole days, and he was basically tortured. He endured the full spectrum of what Ted was capable of, from interrogation to versions of kind of the exorcism stuff that we heard last week. And obviously, a 14-year-old isn't able to fight their own parents to file a court case. So her brother essentially suffered in silence for years and now Mm -hmm. has no legal recourse. And he had nothing to leave. Like, that's the thing. They're, like, pressuring him, like, you're brainwashed. And he's like, I just like Judas Priest. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know I what you want paladin. me to repent. What the like, fuck? Like, what the fuck? Just give me back my dice. Those were expensive. Fuck. 
And these are just a few of the cases we actually know about because for the thousand or so cases that Ted participated in, hundreds will never come forward because he helped them leave an actual cult. And even though he may have violated their civil rights to do it, they are kind of grateful for getting out. And it's a complicated, you know, set of feelings of like, this was really shitty what happened to me, but also I'm glad I'm not still in the Moonies. And there are hundreds more that don't have any money or legal opportunity to defend themselves against what happened to them. And still others have lost their chance due to statute of limitation laws in their states. So there are tons of people who probably had similar cases that we will never know about. And that's not even counting people who just can't bring themselves to talk about their experiences, which were horrific and like understandable if you don't want to talk about it. Um, But because Ted found himself defending multiple cases at once, at great expense and under a number of probation orders, he ends up kind of just tapering off his activities and not deprogramming anymore. He still gets called as like a um, like an expert witness Advisor. and stuff sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But the demand for these services kind of dies down because of the legal risks of taking these kind of options. And I want to mm. be clear, it doesn't go away. It's just not as publicly accepted. Because if you remember back to our Synanon episode, you'll know that teens are frequently still kidnapped into outpatient treatment programs and wilderness schools, and it's super bad and unregulated, and there should definitely be more oversight. So what about modern day? How do people get out of cults? Well, it's tricky. There are a lot of options. Not all of them are the same. Not all of them are good. And the first thing I want to stress is why. I think it's important that you, if you're trying to get someone out, you really ask yourself, why is it important for you to get someone out of an organization? Are they in physical danger? Are they being abused? Are they being cut off from their family and friends? Are they being exploited financially? These are all valid reasons to worry about someone and to potentially want someone to get out of an organization. And we know from the other 150 some odd episodes of this show that there are some bad bad organizations out there that will hurt people so there is a realistic worry here but what's not valid is just being upset that somebody chose different things than you you know like rock music and D&D aren't a reason to torture somebody lesbianism isn't a cult having different political views isn't a cult although on that note displaying a disconnection from reality or advocating for hate is cause for concern and something you should maybe look at Mm -hmm. that's different than like i think economically we should make different changes anyway so it may be that whatever your situation is falls somewhere in between and that's why you really need to ask yourself and weigh the pros and cons before investigating any sort of deprogramming option i'm curious to hear what modern deprogramming looks like because i'm imagining it's a lot more like Hey, let's just talk about it. It's let's just communicate much. our feelings. Yeah. 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 I feel like we've l- gone light years in the uh, the field of mental health because, I mean, you know, back in the day, it'd be like, nah, just give them a lobotomy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kidnap them. <laughs> if I, it was either making people come or shutting off their brain, but either way, you're sticking something where they probably don't want it. We're going to yeah, put yeah. you in a chair that shakes you till you shit yourself. <laughs> All right. <laughs> What's up, John Harvey Kellogg? <laughs> Welcome to the party. Um, I, I will say that we've come very far from the past and we're always still learning. 
So that's just something to keep in mind, too. Um, But also, one of the best weapons against cult programming in the first place is supportive friendship. Keeping the channel of communication open. Talking to people about their experiences and letting them know that you're here for them if they want to get out. Because often one of the barriers of leaving a cult is embarrassment and a fear that no one on the outside still loves and cares about them. And if people know that that isn't true, it can give them an easier path to leave. Sometimes. That's not a guaranteed, but it's just something to think about. But finally, if there is imminent danger or abuse or you suspect that someone's free will has been compromised, one of the modern versions of deprogramming is called an exit counselor. Now, exit counselors run the gamut, just like everything else, and they have a lot of different things that they can do. But one of the options that's, I would say, the more modern version of the deprogramming that we've looked at is they may knowingly get the cult member alone with their friends and family for a few days. Now, this is not kidnapping them. This is more your friends and family would like to talk with you. Would you be willing to spend a few days with them? Uh And the goal is a lot more like an intervention where these family members will calmly and compassionately explain their concerns and engage in discussions about the group and why they're worried And unlike Ted's version, they're meant to be an emotional but a safe experience. And the goal is to give that person a safe place to question the cult and understand that they are supported if they want to leave. And then and to get a fucking nap probably too because they're like sleep deprived (laughs) of shit. Yep. And at the end of that time, they're given a chance to leave or return to the group that they came from with the understanding that that option to leave is always available to them. So it's basically not a now or never, but it's like, we would like to give you the option right now. You don't have to choose this right now, but we want you to know that this is available to you. Planting the seed. Yeah. Do we know the success rate on that uh, tactic? No. And, no. and it's one of those things where every situation is different. It may work. It may not. And sometimes people just aren't ready to leave. And again, that's only one option. Not all exit counselors are the same. Some of them are going to have their own methods. So that means if you're looking into any option for getting people out of a cult, you absolutely need to do tons of research and find the right fit. Ask them if they're going to try and rape someone. <laughs> like, do your due diligence on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Avoid yeah. gaslighting at all costs because that's just fighting fire with fire. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say the open and honest options are the best options and also the ones that don't involve exorcisms. Yeah. So there we go. And that is our series on deprogramming. Uh, you really wow. really let me down, Black Lightning. I was really, <laughs> really rooting for you in the beginning. I was like, I'm all on board with this guy. I like what he's doing. And then, piece of shit. And he's still alive. Yeah. And he's not serving, apparently. Nope. Like, I mean, yeah. it sounds like he serves sporadically here and there, but like. He serves some time here and there. Uh, I would say, like, combined, it's probably less than five years total. And that, that, yeah. that dude's like, I think, I, what was he? He's like 90 or something? He's very old, yeah. Yeah, he's he lived a very full and free life for some of the atrocities he's committed. Yeah, That's- yeah. Well, and I mean, something that we talked about a little bit last week that and, and the week before, I think that he's doing a lot of these things from a place of wanting the best for people. But you don't get to choose 
what's best for other people. Yeah, and if if you're ever employing rape as any sort of Absolutely. tactic, yeah. you are instant wrong. Like, and, and again, yeah. he was not there. That other guy does it. We don't know if he advocated that. We don't know sure. if that happened at any other ones. But at the same time, that amount of physical exertion of will and that power yeah. dynamic is bad all around. And even yeah. if it only happened in that one instance, that's enough. To not do it anymore, and I would be more on on uh, Ted's side if he like had a, a he, if he drew a line and was like, oh yes, very clearly this is a cult. What they're doing is it seems like they're against their free will. Like yeah, we should help these people. But then you start hearing about like I'm trying to save a lesbian, I'm trying to save a, a Catholic. You know, like the line where you know who he was trying to quote unquote save it got like really blurred and it's it's gray and it just sounds like at that point he's just after the money. It's not yeah. like he's yeah. passionate about ending cults. Well, and even if he is, he's not basing it on anything about the well-being of the person at that point. He is purely basing it on what he thinks about that organization, you know? And yeah. there are some things like, you know, the the guy who works at the restaurant. Is that a great situation? No. Is he 19 and exploring stuff and would probably get out on his own? Yeah, maybe. And that's a yeah. tough one. And I understand a little bit more worry in that situation because it was exploitative. But then I look at the other ones where it's like around the same time, Catholicism. It's like, so she's just going to church and living her life? Like, and you just decided? Like, what's your barometer? Why do you get to decide for a completely different adult? Why are her parents deciding when she is a full-blown adult? And I think it all comes down to like, should your parents have the right to do that? No, I don't think they should. Yeah. I no. love my parents, trust them a lot, but no. I see a lot of parents that have this weird like ownership over uh over their children. Like one thing that like w- one thing I've heard a lot is just, you know, people will have a disagreement with their parents vis-a-vis like religion or something simple like leftist mm. views or something. And then it's just like fuck you, you're cut off, like, blah, blah, blah. How dare you, like, dishonor our family? And it's like, dude, come on. You can't, you don't get to, you've made a person, and now that person's a person, and you don't get to control that person anymore. Yeah, this is something you should have considered when you had that person. You weren't going to be able to control them for their entire life. No. I don't know why the restaurant guy resonates with me so much. That one's just like, it just does seem like, yeah, I mean, like, Here's the thing. I was working shitty hours in college. You know, some of the jobs that I was going after were not great, but I was doing it because I loved it and I was having fun and I was having a good time. And like, it seems like that guy could have been in a similar situation, but then his parents fucking jump in with a karate oh, yeah. hatchback guy and you just fuck well, everything up. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, you know what? I didn't consider him being in a hatchback and I like that a lot more for him because I want to hear the, the pistons roomier. go and he's got to wait for the, the thing to raise before he can jump out and do his karate. Yeah. The thing that stops you from hitting your fucking head on the thing when it opens. Yeah. Uh, it feels a lot to me. That situation in particular feels a lot to me when you or everyone has this story where like somebody, you know, is dating somebody that is yeah. like terrible. Like it's a terrible, terrible relationship. But the more that you like, this is terrible. This is bad. You're so fucking stupid for being in this. It makes you want to prove them wrong and stay in the thing. 
Yeah, I'm I'm torn on that one because I do think the community he was in was not great. I do think they were exploiting oh, yeah. him. But at the same time, Got it. I... I often wonder how it would have been different if his parents had sat him down and just been like, let's talk about why you like being here. You know, like, why why is this what you're choosing? How do you feel? How does it make you feel to be there? What were you missing in college or life with us that you're getting there? Help me understand. Well, this is the dipshit's parents who, or this is the the parent that was a bad communicator, and he used the yeah, niche or whatever, yeah, right? yeah. So, but it, yeah. it sucks too if you consider like they could have put him on the right path, you know, that everyone it was a compromise that everybody kind of agreed on, right? You know, if he was getting not great money and stuff and was kind of being exploited, they fucking wasted their entire family's inheritance yeah. apparently, and that dude's tuition, his brother's tuition, on like burning down that cult, like. Those funds could have gone towards something way more. As opposed you know. to, you know, here's the thing. As far as we know, they weren't covering any of his expenses. And so at a certain point, like, he's an adult paying for his own shit. You kind of got to let him go. Sure. But, like, yeah. if they had sat down with him and been like, we're worried because we want you to be able to have a successful, fulfilling life. And I'm glad that this is fulfilling now and maybe that this is an indication that college wasn't the right place for you. And that's okay. College is not the place for everybody. That's fine. Yeah. Have you considered starting a true crime podcast? Yeah, it's pretty queet. It's pretty <laughs> Did you say it was pretty queet? I can't talk. Pretty queet. <laughs> it was pretty queet. Queet. It was, it was, oh, okay. it was, I was like cool and sweet at the same time. Yeah, queet. I swear um, to God, I heard queet. It's a big I thought old you queef. said it was pretty queef. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty cool, sweet. <laughs> this makes me so grateful that my parents are like on the chill side of it. Like they, you know, all of our parents let us pursue to a degree. They let us, they gave us permission to pursue creative lifestyles and, yeah. and careers. And for that, I'm grateful. I should yeah. stop smoking yeah. pot. I should, I should feel bad about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, you can't quit until we hang out. No, that's right. That's right. Eventually. Yeah, I'll we'll take you there. I'll take you on one last ride, and then and then you're done. You're off the pot for good. Just <laughs> one it. last score. Yeah. I almost want to, because my parents are literally right outside this door, just bring them in and be like, would you ever kidnap me? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, Do it. Do it. Yeah. Mix it up. Oh, I want to hear this. Papa Jim, get in here. Hey, hey guys. Yeah. Do you guys want to come in for a quick, spontaneous interview? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, I'm so excited to see what Paige's parents look like. Oh, they're the Just best. Just like me, but older. <laughs> hey. Who's on? It's Armando and hey. Blaine. Armando. Hey. hey. How's it going? Hey. What's up, brothers? <laughs> I love this guy. Hey, Mom. Come on in, guys. Hello. Oh, oh she's so sweet up. looking. Hi. 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 Uh, so, guys. Hi, Mondo. Uh, was hey. there ever a time? Oh wait, Jim, it's a real question. <laughs> close, close to the. Thanks. Close to the mics. Yes. Uh, was there ever a time when you considered kidnapping me to change my life choices? Oh well, uh, <laughs> we can't, uh, it was more like. So are we writing this one off? Because we got two. <laughs> I did have to decide which battles I was going to fight, and yeah, well, that was true. There was certain uh, a ground that you just gave up. In yeah, the, in the overall war, it was to win the. <laughs> Yeah. It was to win the war. So yeah, the yeah, the answer, that answer would be true. Yes, yeah. there was a time cool. we did we did 
we did discuss it, but we did the pros and cons list and realized we would probably end up in jail. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm actually finding myself still curious right now. So, so what are your life choices? Can you clear that up for us? Hey, yeah. husband, I don't feel safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm playing video games. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> He's got his what, what's my safe word? Um, my ears hurt from my te- I, ha- I have an ear infection. I can't hear you. <laughs> yeah, so, meaning, did we try to deprogram you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Would, you, would you ever, knowing what that could entail? We knew there was a certain amount of stupid. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, she's getting fucking grilled. We, we figured that couldn't be deprogrammed. We figured that was... <laughs> right, know. right. Stupid's got to stay. Stupid got to stay. <laughs> I mean... Um, I don't... I, well, no, no. no. What is that love covers? Filling in the cracks. Filling in the cracks. <laughs> the love just fills in the cracks. That's peanut butter. That's peanut butter, honey. That's peanut right. butter. Cool, cool, cool. cool. Yeah. Um, um, so it's a soft no. It's a <laughs> soft, soft no. What, what do these guys on the, on, the, on the cast actually think your life choices are? What would they say? <laughs> I don't want let's, to. Let's ask. Okay. What, what do you think my life choices are that would have necessitated deprogramming? Um, moves that would necessitate kidnapping. Uh, I don't love this Jake film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. No. Actually, I think it was more like, "Wow, is Jake gonna be okay with Paige? Maybe we need to protect <laughs> him. <laughs> Maybe we should kidnap and deprogram Jake." Maybe. Is what we're saying here. Maybe. I see. Yeah. Occasionally, yeah. it's like, "So, bro, okay, we're gonna do this thing." You know, she's occasionally crazy sauce, right? <laughs> Crazy yeah, sus. Yeah, you, you're going down a road. Are you sure? Are you sure? It was more to protect him. Are you him. sure? And he looks like a lumberjack. And um, I, I'm confident in myself, but I do think he could kick my ass. If, if this I, is if, if pushed. <laughs> right. Yeah. This is the first time I'm hearing like the the groom to be goes to ask the parents for the, for the hand in marriage, and then they're like, "Are you sure? Are you absolutely positive?" You <laughs> yeah, want I, I, I don't want any apologies or you know money back guarantee crap later. Yeah. Well, most, saying, hey, you're in. Most people will pull out the baby book we just pulled out all the uh, the, the time she spent in juvie and um, her, her tickets <laughs> you tell people about that. I know they're sealed but <laughs> yeah, I, it, I didn't go to juvie that's not real before there was rampage it was knives page <laughs> <laughs> alright well, okay. we appreciate yeah. your oh, candor oh, yes. so yeah, yeah thank you thank Thanks you so much <laughs> yeah Oh, don't you love it when your parents yes and you into juvie? Great. <laughs> I I think Blaine, does this make so much more sense why uh Paige does roast battles? Dude, yeah, I was gonna say she just got it last night and she's yeah, her parents are still giving it to her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy hell. Oh my god. Your parents god. are fucking hilarious. That was adorable. Oh, I love thanks. It. They're you should see him play Quiplash. Oh god. Consider the fact that I lose a lot of the time if I play with my family. Like there is no guarantee that I win. Yeah, they're on it. Yep. Oh my god. Thank you so much, Paige. This has been such an excellent series. Yep. Um Blaine, thank you so much for joining us. Uh of turns out this was actually the plot of Avatar, the last airbender. <laughs> <laughs> I so I uh, the other day uh, peek behind the curtain we're recording this on May 6th um, but the other day was May 4th which is May the 4th be with yeah. you mm-hmm. uh, and I finally learned why Blaine is so adverse to pranks oh you didn't know about that 
When we first came to Rooster Teeth, that was the first thing that came up when I Googled it. That's hilarious. Yeah, oh. they uh, there's the the story that I saw on May fourth on Rooster Teeth's official uh, like Instagram thing was Blaine being invited to a uh, secret screening of Star Wars: The Force Awakens and being horrendously pranked by his coworkers, um, and he didn't get to see that. Instead, nope. he got to see himself doing bits it was my audition tape for going to the screening they're like we need to know if you're a real star wars fan send in this audition tape of you doing all these different impressions of star wars characters and i was like (laughs) you got it and and then they screened it at an alamo draft house like actual movie theater with people in the theater oh awful i was like sweating i just just thinking about it is making me hot and and uncomfortable and scared when did oh. you realize that it was the wrong thing? I realized at the opening crawl when it skipped past Lucasfilm and like there was just something off about the initial like they're like, all right, we're going to start the movie. Are you ready? And everyone's like, yeah. And then, you know, it was like something was off about no Lucasfilm. And then there was no a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Or there was not enough ellipses or something. If something was and then and then, yeah. And then in the opening crawl, I was like, "This is—is is this like—is this a—is this a goof? Like, did they get the wrong tape?" And then, yeah, and then, fuck. No, they got the very yeah. right tape. Yeah. Oh my god, go watch that. This is also why I didn't agree to be in your April Fool's episode. Another peek behind the curtain. I don't know if you want to share this information, but you guys reached out, and I was like, "I'm sorry, guys. I've fallen prey to two of you guys' April Fool's episodes, and I refuse to partake." Yeah, we we put you on blast on the air. We told everyone that was <laughs> on that oh, episode. Really? In fact, we got another guest, and we said on the air on that episode why he was our guest, and he was like, "Wait, so I was your second choice?" <laughs> Sorry about that guy. <laughs> I need to go Todd. listen to that. Oh, okay, I need to go a lot back and listen to see what shit talk you guys did. <laughs> we do a lot of it. You're a constant guest in our hearts. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, it's always fun being on. I appreciate you guys having me back. Love working with you, dude. Where uh, where can people find more of you? I'm on Twitter at bgibbles, and I'm on Instagram at the underscore Blaine, and I'm on a slew of different podcasts over at Rooster Teeth. Uh, Good Morning from Hell, RT Podcast. I got a movie podcast with Warner Brothers on their YouTube page. So, uh, yeah, you can find me everywhere. I'm somewhere. Super, super dope. Uh, go check all that stuff out. Everything Blaine's in is super, super funny. Uh, very funny guy, and God, love working with him. Um, Thanks. hey, if you, uh, any super small, hey, if you want to, <laughs> <laughs> we're back to that now. Me, yeah, it feels so like, ugh, you know, like there's so much more to make fun of Blaine for now. And it's, it's almost like his size doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we got to start really, really capitalizing on making fun of him for never working in food service. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You stupid idiot. I also fucking dumb I, I bitch. always say size doesn't matter. That's always my my go to catchphrase in the bedroom. This isn't a bad. This is a bad joke. It's a bad bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought it was because you're so sh- uh, short and tiny. It was supposed anyway. to be a dig at like a, a small penis, but I in fact have a huge penis, guy. So, anyways, continue on Armando. <laughs> I know. I've seen. Now it. I don't know what I've to seen believe it several times because I feel like Who's you're a small person, and like I mean, the amount of blood that would have to you would just pass out. I don't know. <laughs> No, that's why it totally tracks because that's why he's so small. All of the size in his body went to his dick. It's like your balls. 
Yeah, exactly. Precisely. <laughs> we- um, if you want to find me and my balls online, you totally can. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at Mondo Does Stuff, M-A-N-D-O Does Stuff. And I can verify that ball size. My husband has seen them from that one time you were sick. <laughs> he saw my butt, my balls, and my future. Oh, my God. He had to help him out of bed because Jake is one of the only people that can help Mondo do anything. Yeah, yeah. physically lifted me out of bed because of how sick I was. <laughs> um, I uh, I don't have balls, and that's okay. It's, it doesn't make me any less of a person. But if you want to tell me about how great it would be if I did have balls, you could do that at Paige Wesley on Twitter or at Rampage Wesley on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, if you contributed to the Kickstarter campaign or ordered Mutiny Magazine, uh, I'm super excited. We're working on it. It's going to be amazing, and I will update you as I have more info. Hey, if you want to keep supporting us and the things that we do, uh, consider joining our Patreon, <laughs> Cult Podcast. Beow, beow, beow. It's funnier when you pronounce it fully. Uh, <laughs> Go to patreon.com slash cult podcast. Uh, $5 a month gets you access to our bonus content and a bunch of other tiers are available as well. Um, and if you're looking for a new place to listen to the show, might we suggest Rooster Tea? Cock-a-doodle-doo. We got it. We, we got, got it. it. He did it. Isolate it. Isolate the audio. <laughs> oh, We're sending this back to them. This was a sleeper cell the whole time. We were just trying yeah. to catch you doing it. Now you're fired. I'm so sorry. Well, you guys are actually contractually obligated to have me on every now and then because my parent company, we we own you guys now. I'm <laughs> I have no idea what that. It's funny because Armando will reach out to me sometime about like paperwork and how he deals with us. And I was like, I don't fucking know, bro. <laughs> you think I'm like running HR rooster teeth? Come on. Blade, well, I'll ask Blade like a question like, hey, man, how do I file this paperwork? And he's just like... <laughs> I don't know, because I'm a real Rooster Teeth member. I don't say it like that, but I'm also just like, <laughs> bro, I, I... He looks off into the distance wistfully and goes, I haven't been that low in the company in a long time. <laughs> I don't fucking say that. <laughs> Although I did do a dickhead move the other day where we were talking about like RTX, because I'm sure you guys are going to have a panel. Yeah. That's coming up in July, oh, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. RTX Online. And uh, you were like, when is RTX? And I was like, I looked at my phone, and I was like... You could Google this. And I just didn't respond. <laughs> I did so Google it the other day to make sure I could travel around it. <laughs> I specifically meant about the thing we were talking about, you ass, uh-huh. because I'm excited about gotcha, it. Gotcha, gotcha. You fuck. I know. I'm. <laughs> we're doing RTA. We're like yeah. scheduled to do shit. It doesn't fucking matter. Anyway, <laughs> fucking Blaine Gibson, Rooster Teeth, fucking download the fucking app. Get it on your fucking Amazon Fire Stick, your fucking Roku television. Get it on your fucking phone, you fuck. Roosterteeth.com. It's a great fucking place to watch fucking content. Okay, all right. I'm, s- all I'm right. seeing this audio to HR, who, who, which is me. I am HR. Wait till they find out about my stupid vampire book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait till they hear the part before it where we talk about each other's genitals. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is how I realized that that Armando and Blaine have very different conversations than Blaine and I have, which is like, do you think Terminators have dicks? Like, Dude, <laughs> we went into a deep dive on about, like, Terminators and relationships with Terminators, and yeah. Can I, can I, okay, Terminators, when they're covered in flesh, do have a dick. Yes. Terminators, after their flesh has been burned off, no dick. Correct. So is it it's, just, yeah. like, a fleshy flap? basically like just like skin yeah. formed into a dick shape so it's not functional I, 
I don't think it oh. works. I think that they have to have the dick so that that way, if somebody was like, you're not a real person, he's like, oh, yeah, well, what do you call this? And then he fucking rips out a monster dong. It's it's a it's a living organism over cybernetic tissue. It's actually defined as a cyborg. So I'm pretty sure that they have a mus like working muscular you know, because like, I mean, otherwise yeah. their bones are there. They wouldn't be able to well, smile okay, and shit, the, right? The liquid, the liquid ones could definitely have a functional dick. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I well, I, I I can't imagine that they would make Arnold's character a Ken doll. You know, like that guy's got a monster. <laughs> you see his dick. Yeah, you see no, his dick. Well, and, and this is you do see it in the first Ooh. one. But our debate was about the sixth one as to whether or not it was functional and he could have a relationship with that lady. And if he did, would it kill her? <laughs> yeah, no, it would definitely shoot a laser, probably. But we were talking about all the things you would say in bed, and then we just started quoting. You know. Yeah. You'd be yeah. surprised how much crossover there is between Terminator quotes and hilarious things you could say in bed to somebody. That's right. That's right. Googling Arnold Schwarzenegger penis. Monstrous. Not. There is. It's there pretty is decent. A... It's pretty. When you see it flapping around there on the uh, the observatory in L.A., you yeah. know, you see it. Yeah. There are a number of photographs of Arnold Schwarzenegger where he is posing and they have edited a bicep in place of his dick. <laughs> nice. There are a surprising amount of this. Oh. Hey, if you want to follow us on Instagram, where I will 100% be posting one of these photos, <laughs> um, uh, follow us at Cult Podcast. Or at Cult Podcast Show on Twitter. You can also send us an email of your own uh, Photoshop of Arnold Schwarzenegger's penis. Um, <laughs> yeah. Perhaps one where it's all the penis and uh, he is his own penis and his penis is himself. Does that make sense? It, it does. And I can't wait to see what you all do with Gumby. Oh, <laughs> boy. Oh, Gumby. Um, God, I forgot when I ruined Gumby. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Do that. Fucking... I can't stop thinking about Gumby now. Uh, send us an email to coldpodcastshow at gmail.com. Oh, man. Uh, and if you have some sort of, like, sculpture of Arnold's dick or if you have some sort of manifesto about whether you think Terminators have functional genitalia, mm -hmm. you could send that to us at 3756 West Avenue 40, Suite K, number 237, like, like the, the shining. shining. Oh, that Los latency Angeles. kills me. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Los Angeles, California, 90065. And I think for this one, I'm going to say don't drink anything Ted Patrick hands you. It's a trap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and don't drink the Kool Aid. Bye. Bye. Bye.